You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. everybody welcome back to another thursday episode of clapback culture i'm your host jules jesse and i am so happy to be back again happy uh friday eve is thursday as you already know um so it's just time to get ready for that weekend you know it's a long weekend we got the holiday coming up uh, martin luther king jr day on monday so that means we off on monday y'all Shout out to Dr. King one time for all the work that he put in. Um, and if you haven't already, please share the stream. Let everybody know that Clapback is on to pull up a chair, get your popcorn, get your tea, get your drink, whatever you're going to do. But listen, we want to come and we want to chop it up. Let's go ahead and jump in. I see you guys are live already. Um, listen, pull up in the comments tonight. You know, I like to do the show with you all, not just by myself. It's not a, you know, this ain't a monologue. It's a dialogue. So tap in, share the stream and pull up in these comments. <sighs> so how was everybody's week? You know, it's a lot on the menu, of course, for the show, but I do want to know how you guys are too. My week has been really good. Um, as you guys know, I work as a communications director for a council member here in the District of Columbia. And, you know, we, we launched three new pieces of legislation this week. So I'm really excited about those. And I'm really proud of my council member for champion these bills to target parking tickets. Um, it's out of control in DC. I don't know what it's given in Seattle, but here in the district, you guys, council member White has put out three new bills. Okay. One to stop the doubling of parking tickets. So really like if you get a hundred dollar parking ticket and you don't pay it in 30 days, it doubles to 200, which is crazy. If you really think about that, like imagine paying your rent 30 days late and your landlord having the authority to charge you double rent. Like the audacity of that, like you'll never be able to catch up. So that was one of the bills that he put forward this week. And so I'm really proud to have been a part of that. Um, and I'm just excited to, you know, get that piece of legislation to the finish line. So I'll keep you guys posted on that and let you guys know a little bit more. But listen, let's go ahead and move on. I see you, Big O. Welcome to the show. As always, I see you guys tuning in live. And, you know, I'm just glad to have you here. So first things first, um, did you guys hear about this? The judge made a ruling on the school shooter, Ethan Crumbly, and gave him, um, sentenced him to life without the possibility of parole. Bravo, um, judge. And it was, I, you know, not ironic, but he had a black judge in this case, you guys. Um, for those of you guys who don't remember, Ethan Crumbly is the Oxford school shooter. And what made his case unique is that his parents were charged with manslaughter. Both his mother and father were charged with manslaughter. They are being held in prison. They have their case being sh like shown to the Supreme Court because they want to get the ruling overturned. Um, a judge did rule that the parents could get a separate trial and things of that nature. So they're still in and out of court. But Ethan, um, if you guys remember, he was the one... Um, his mom worked at the horse stables. I talked about this so much, you guys, when it first came out. His mother worked at the horse stables. They knew he was kind of like not all the way there. They had suspected that he had um, guns because the parents had gifted him guns. Um, excuse me. And he used some of those guns to commit these murders and killed four teens at his high school. So, um, <clears throat> again, sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, y'all. I mean... You can't ask for a better outcome than that. Um, this is, you know, again, condolences to the parents and to the students that had to go through this trauma who lost their child. Uh, this is like closure, like big closure in the case. Um, so look it up. You know, I, I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to bring the, the, uh, the video here, you guys. But, you know, look it up. You'll look it up on your own time and you will see um, that there. Uh, speaking of court, I wanted to bring this to you guys. Uh, you guys remember 
the attacker in Las Vegas, well, he had to go back to court and get sentenced to that judge that he attacked um, on the bench. Let's go ahead and watch that video. Now the latest in the attack on a Las Vegas judge caught on camera last week, the defendant back in court on Monday coming face to face with that same judge. Kena Whitworth joins us now with more. Good morning, Kena. Robin, good morning. But this time there was added safety measures and security. Deobra Redden returned to court where an injured judge, Kathy Holthus, handed down his sentence for prior crimes, but it's not over for him. He'll see a different judge today for charges in that dangerous courtroom attack. I want to make it clear that I am not changing or modifying the sentence I was in the process of imposing last week before I was interrupted by defendant's actions. This morning, the Las Vegas judge, who was attacked by a defendant in her own courtroom last week, now sentencing that very same man to up to four years in prison for his original case. Any other issues that may arise from the events that occurred last Wednesday will be handled at a future date by a different court. The defendant, 30-year-old Deobra Redden, surrounded by officers and seen shackled, wearing a spit mask and orange mitts, didn't speak during the brief hearing. He now faces several new charges, including battery of a protected person, intimidating a public official, and extortion. Last Wednesday, chaos erupting during Redden's original sentencing, a repeat offender who had pled guilty to an April battery charge. Redden. All right, so that's that's that. Um, Listen, judges are not supposed to have any biases, but the reality is, is that they are human people uh, or humans. You know, we all come with our own inherited biases. But I honestly feel like the judge should have recused herself in this because, I I mean, it just seems like once you're attacked by somebody, how can you give a fair and unbiased judgment and sentence them to anything? So. If I were the judge or one of her colleagues, I probably would have recused myself and sent this to a different court um, for him to be sentenced. However, that wasn't the case. Um, she did have her ruling documented, so I think it would be difficult for um, for this sentence to be overturned. Um, I do believe that his criminal history is just one of those things that um, you know is going to be hard to compete with in front of another judge or a jury. So four years, um, the sentence was already going to get handed down to him, and he has to go back to court for those new charges. But listen, you guys, we have Rado in the building. Let's go ahead and add him to the stream. What's, What's up, Rado? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I was definitely backstage. I was listening. Um, I just want to hop right in, right? First of all, how you doing today? You look nice. Thank you. So do you. You look very hockey-esque. <laughs> Good to see you this week. So I just wanted to kind of chime in and just say that obviously we know it's a bias here, right? I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Or is there even an elephant in the room? On top of it, can we just say that this judge had the time of her life been able to throw the book at this guy, as you say, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It is so unfair for an individual to be able, um, a judge, to be able to rule on someone who assaulted her. It is terrible. And I think that some years down the line, and I'm sad because they will have to actually serve that, but some years down the line, he will be able to get back in court with this thing because this is, this is a bias. It has gone viral. Everyone sees what's going on. And of course, you know, you always get on me, Jews, but there is this 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 white on black theory that's been going on for over oh, 400 years right? but not in this case not in this I mean, in this case for sure in this case for sure and and, and this is my argument to that right so okay. a lot of times we see whites um um biasly not unbiasedly but biasly um over black men on a regular basis right um and they do this for the smallest offenses so now Let's turn the table, right? <laughs> and we have an actual individual who's been caught on ca- on, on, on camera, red-handed, assaulting the highest um, law of the land. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to him? You know? Um, yeah. you know? I, I think, but see, that's why I'm like, it's hard to argue that this is a black or white thing because the the 
the attack was so egregious, right? Like for you yes, to be in the middle and, and, and the irony of it all, right? So, and we, yes. again, and I'll digress the point because we did go through this last week, but I agree that a defense attorney could look at this and say, she probably yes. should have refused herself. However, mm-hmm. I really honestly think that the judge carefully ensured that this sentence would not be overturned because her the sentence was what what she already had like she was in the process of sentencing him it, during the attack like she was reading her ruling and so i think because of that it's already well documented that she didn't go back to change her ruling or make any adjustments following following the attack so i'm sure it, it was something of that nature and again, I, I'm not interested. Um, she's, I mean, there's no way you can't be biased, but in, in the oh, next yeah. case, obviously there's a new judge. Um, he has a new trial that he'll have to face with the new charges and things of that nature. But to keep it clean, I would have, if I were the judge, I would have recused myself as well, just to ensure that no one could overturn that ruling. No one's recusing themselves, Jules. Once you get punched in the face, you're able to get that revenge. That's yeah. what she wants. We wanted that revenge, baby. And how sweet is that, too, right? Like, let's just be honest. How sweet is that? that Let's drop drop the whole white and black thing. It feels good to be able to to throw the book at somebody that came in and saw it. Come on. (laughs) It was crazy. So So we did touch on this a little bit last week, right? And we thought that it was very unfair that she made the demand for this guy to come back in front of her no matter what. So I guess he was behind. I guess he was in jail acting a fool. Um, he refused spit, to see her. Refused to see her. So mm-hmm. she made a ruling that said, oh, no, you're going to come back and see me. Right. Which mm-hmm. is a lot of arrogance, cockiness. Right. And um, power. But, it's a flex. Yeah, it's power. Somebody come and punch you in the face. You know, you want to throw the book at him. You know, that's Hello. better than what you could have done. Absolutely. Listen, I, I can't I can't blame her because you think I wouldn't you think I would have given up the opportunity to have him come back in my courtroom no. so I could adjust his attitude and give him a four year sentence it is given. That, what, I, so. what I'm saying of is the next charge. So he was very he was oh, I don't yeah. want to use over sentence. Right. But he was over sentence in this case. So for all you guys that don't really understand the court system, there's something called guidelines, right? Sentencing guidelines. It, it really doesn't matter how egregious a crime is. There's still guidelines that the judge has to go by so that she's not biased, right? Um, the problem with that is that there's no really guidelines on murder and things of that nature. But for assault, there are guidelines. And we understand that seeing the context of these things, it looks egregious, right? But assault is assault. The thing is, we never see other assaults. So you'll get a, a, a case that says, this is an assault and battery, and we're going to sentence this guy to six months. This guy could have went, had full fist fights in front of the courthouse, whatever the case may be, he was locked up, nobody's seen it on camera. But we know that cam that seeing things on camera matter, right? So the whole world seen this incident on camera, and right. oh my goodness. Yeah, oh. but, you know, I think that's a fair point. I think it's a fair point that things... People have make mistakes and 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 have bad behaviors that, when written down in black and white and shown in court, yeah. sound way worse than they could have actually been. And yeah. that's not to say that it's always like that. And so, in this case, I'm still not defending um, Mr. Redden. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not. He's not out. I mean, I think the thing is, it's like it's kind of par for the course. You can't be a habitual criminal and continue to show up and have this kind of criminal history and then think that there are no consequences to your actions. And as far as the sentencing guidelines go, you also know that a judge still has discretion. So it's like, yeah, these guidelines are there. But how often do we see a judge make the decision that says, well, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and disregard these guidelines and make my ruling based on this, because that's how she's kicked it off, which is what can set him off. Know, can, can I say this? This guy goes so hard. Do you know how thorough of a person you have to be to act out in court? The person has handed down the sentence and not act out because individuals go hard. You know, you have those individuals that curse at the judge 
that say things to the judge. Like those people actually go hard, right? But to mm-hmm. actually have an individual hop over the 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 jury standing over the that was crazy. I've yeah. never seen. There's also there's also excuse me. Do you watch a show called Court Cam? Abs- Come on, babe, you already know. I, I have never seen this on Court Cam. And Court Cam shows the craziest I've thing. never seen anything like this. <laughs> and here's, you know why? Because I've never seen anyone's athleticism actually get them over the bench. Ooh, young black man, wasn't he? <laughs> a sprinter. He's a runner. He's a track star. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm so sorry for you, black. I can't defend you, black man. You got it. And when you come back to court, you're gone. I mean, there's it's no way around it. I love Nobody you, wants man. to defend this guy. It just, it's just... I love you, Black messy. man. I seen, I seen the interview with your mom and your sister, and they talked about your mental health um, issues and things of that nature. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't work with Black people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, people, he, he got mental health. He, he got has mental health. health. But he's got mental health. Black, That's for sure. He has schizophrenia. He does. But one thing about when you get this skin right here, and I do like this, y'all. This is how my grandmother used to do. So when my grandmother used to want to talk about anything that had to do with black, she wouldn't say nothing. She'll do like this. <laughs> right? But when you got a little bit of this in you, and you're black, and you're a man, you're already labeled as aggressive. So he, and you know. So you cannot perpetuate the stereotype further by being aggressive. Oh my goodness! Ding dong, ding dong. He's <laughs> not Man. giving that. All right. Well, let let's close out on that chapter. I think in the comment section we got some people laughing. You know, it's all fun and games until you're sitting behind bars for four years Man, after. Yeah, he's gonna be in there for a while. Um, <clears throat> there's another case that I have to bring forward to you. And I cannot wait to hear your uh, your 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 bias here, Rado, because this is disgusting to me. But I don't know if you will necessarily. I, I wonder how you'll respond to this. So negatively, like always. Very <laughs> <laughs> teacher of accused of sexually abusing a teen um, after police see pictures of scratches on him etc etc but they also had a sexual relationship so the missouri teacher is facing um you know accusation of sexually of sexually abusing this student he's 16 uh haley clifton carmax is the teacher she's 26 uh her and the student allegedly had an intimate relationship and not only that but the father knew of the relationship and didn't do anything about it because he said, listen, they're already sneaking behind my back. I rather just know about it. So he didn't butt in. Um, I have a quick video. I kind of over explained it. So I don't know if I'm going to play this whole thing for you guys, but let me play it and we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Three teacher accused of having a relationship with a student has been arrested in Texas near San Antonio. Haley Clifton Carmack worked at Lakeway High School in Pulaski County. She's now charged with having sex with a student. In early December, a school resource officer reported a witness came forward saying the teacher and a 16 year old student were in a relationship. Investigators then went to the high school and took Clifton Carmack's phone. The superintendent for the district told KY3 she hadn't been at the school since December and did not expect her to return. Another man, Mark Creighton, is also charged in this case because detectives say he knew about this relationship and did not report it. Okay, so that the person they're talking about is, <clears throat> is the victim's father. And I already see you grinning and it's disgusting because right can i start uh, i want you to be honest but i want you to because on your show when i'm too honest it's too mm, you do not want me to be honest but i will tone it down but can i tell the truth yes come on okay so let's let's start off with the truth so for me, guys, right, this is a dream of mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been looking for these teachers all my life. When I was 13, 14, 15, I wouldn't have said nothing. 
your little pretty self. I could have been in there. You could have been my girl. So, but look, and that's the honest truth. I would have been that father too. So it's so sad <laughs> in the world that we live in. There are real biases, y'all. There are real double standards as well. So had this would have happened to my daughter, I would probably be in jail for 25 years because the difference with men and women is that women are put on this earth to be protected. Men are put in this world on this earth to dominate and protect. And the difference in the two is that if this was my son, I would have looked at it like, hooray, son. You know what I'm saying? Be careful. I still understand that for a mom, you're going to be protective. And this is molestation. This is what we put, um, you know, in the world as far as, um, you know, sexual assault and all those things. Okay, I agree with that. However, the case may be, um, a young man and a woman, it's, it's, just, it's just different. And I know Jews is going to get on here and just say, oh, my God, if that was my son, I would freaking kill her. And you would, right? Because she is taking advantage of your son's young mind, right? Yeah. But we develop different. We Our bodies develop faster than women, but <laughs> women's minds develop faster than ours. And for me, um, when an older woman touched a younger male, it is not as frowned upon as when it's the opposite, opposite, you know, op the opposite way. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Had my daughter would have been 16 and had a 27 year old male. Oh, my goodness. There would have been a blow up. There would have been support from the entire world that would mm -hmm. have supported aggressive actions that I had. But there is a total difference when it comes to young males. And I'm Which sorry to say. I know it's nasty and all of that, but I'm like, hooray, son. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, here's the thing. The dad is, was, had the same thought as you. And perhaps that's a part of society grooming young boys, mm -hmm. making it okay to fantasize and have these fantasies about, you know, having these intimate relationships with their teachers, right? Because you didn't well, gain that. You didn't think about that on your own, right? Like that's a fantasy that has been, you know, um, you know, perpetuated throughout history, especially in our generation, like to have sex with your teacher, to have this kind of romantic relationship with your teacher. And I do agree that there are those biases set, right? When it comes to young women, it's like they have to be protected. They are a source of, you know, vulnerability and, you know, we have to protect them at all costs. But this is why we have to not make this all fun and games anymore, because while this 16 year old is being groomed by this 26 year old woman, we have to really think about what are the what could be the traumatic outcomes for this young boy in this relationship that he's not prepared for. Like he has a young mind. He's you know, he's still developing. Imagine if he got her pregnant, like it's irresponsible more on the adult to molest a child in this way because Absolutely. they're not prepared to have these type of relationships, which is why age is it's it's a factor. If you think about it, like think about like Aaliyah and R. Kelly. This is a 10 year age gap. Like it's the same kind but of that, grooming. That's not the same kind of grooming. I agree. But because it's the opposite way around, that's mm -hmm. the only thing I agree with so when it happens to a woman there's trauma when it happens to a male that's inexperienced now i'm not i'm not saying that trauma can't happen to a young male but at 16 we're already considered men you get what i'm mm -hmm. saying women are all are, are not considered women really until 21 they push to 18 but really until 21 again i say you guys need to be protected and need to be guarded now Needless to say, we have an elder woman or older woman who understands what she's doing, right? Mm -hmm. But society, society is just not going to see this as a gruesome offense. There yeah. are women all over, listen, there are women, women every day in school. There are teachers all over the world that get caught on a regular basis with sleeping with underage um, kids. And it's Men. way more accepted. It's more tolerated. It's more He's going to be able to... What happens when what what happens when a uh, when a male does it to a young student? First of all, he never gets bond. He's sent straight to jail. He mm -hmm. the, 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 
The um, registers as a sex offender. as a sex offender. It's all over the news, no matter where you Treated at. I like mean, a pedophile, the whole thing. Yeah, it's a, it's he thing. gets he he wears the scarlet letter, and I yes, and I. This is exactly the point letter. that I was yes. going to take over and make. Yes. He bears the he he bears that scarlet letter of being a pedophile, a molester, a, a rapist, yes. a sex offender. All of these um, very disgusting titles that no one wants to carry around. And what I'm saying is, is, is to your point, women seem to somehow escape that because we are seen because we are in our nature more nurturing. There was something that <clears throat> this teacher allegedly text the young man in a phone conversation um, or not text. I'm sorry, but it, the statement reads that, um, you know, the the victim showed pictures of you know, the scratches on his back. The statement says that he also claims they had overheard a conversation between the teacher and the student in which she allegedly told the teen, I'm out of state, but I can send you money, baby, when told it was his birthday. Uh, hey, the teacher had, that that people like that. That is so disgusting to me. Like, Man, so, so, so this is the thing, right? I understand that the audience on Clapback is a broader audience, right? We have people from the West Coast, from Seattle, from California, all over, right? I am from Washington, D.C. And where I'm from in Ward 8, I had to grow up fast, you know, needless to say. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up in an impoverished state in my community, we grew up fast. We had to be responsible. We had to, uh, with all the violence going on in my community, we kind of had to be on the swivel. So I was pretty mature for my age, right? Oh, I'm, I really wish because I had a few pretty teachers. I wish I would have been as quiet as a mouse. You buy okay, what would your mom have done to that teacher if she found My out? My mom would have whooped, beat the brakes off of that because every mom, just like you, a new mom, thinks about protecting their son, right? Mm -hmm. There's a natural attraction with sons and moms and, and daughters and fathers. And fathers. And attraction is always going to be there because you guys are natural nurturers and we're natural protectors, right? Women yeah. were put on the front to be protected. They will continue to be protected. That is your natural role. So when a woman decides to date a younger male, it's not frowned upon. The law is just trying to enforce it, to just enforce it. But you understand the difference because when you have a male do it, Oh my God, he's our, he's disgusting. He needs to die. The whole world is like, this guy needs to, he took advantage. It's oh, that's the number one thing. He took advantage. He took advantage. That, he took advantage. He he did and, and he did. You know, and he really did because no matter how old we are, we come out with masculinity, we're dominant, we are a su superior creature. And I know I triggered a few of you women out there that, that want equality, right? Equality has nothing to do with males being superior. We were put on this earth to be masculine and lead. Okay, I know we have this big culture and I know I'll be canceled at some some point of this show for all of the women that kind of want to be equal to men. But you guys, what women have to start understanding is that you will never be equal to men, nor will men be equal to women. Women okay. have a special place in this earth to do things that men can never. And men mm -hmm. have a special place on this earth to do things that women can never. And it's okay. What you're saying women, is there's a balance. There's a balance. And I'm tired of women trying to do things that's, that they weren't designed for. There was a woman that was in UFC, and I'm, and I'm going to wrap this up in 20 seconds so we can go to the next um, thing. But there was a woman in UFC, and she fought against a transgender male, the transgender from a male to a woman. And what this male did to this natural woman, he should be locked up for 90 years. Sit up there and nodded this girl up like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't. I N D E N D P. Do you know what that means? <laughs> I got to take him off for a second. Sip that drink, brother. Listen, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I have got to tell you guys about the coach in Miami signing a groundbreaking contract of $120 million. Eric right after his divorce. <laughs> Stay tuned. Let's go. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're watching My Bad Culture.
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. You know, I got to kind of. All right, y'all. Whereweconverge.com slash donate. Make sure you guys tap in um, and, and and hit that donation button. Send a dollar, send $10, something to keep us on air. Support the Black Media Matter Studios. We always can use it. Um, and again, contact Converge Media if you guys want to get some of your commercials. And if you want us to advertise for you, we're always looking for a new sponsorship. But let me go ahead and bring Rado back into the show. What's up, Big Rado? What's going on, everybody? So I'm so excited to talk about this um, topic that we brought <clears throat> up. Eric Scotia, um is actually the coach for the Miami Heat. He has been there for a while. He was a rookie when LeBron came down to actually play with D-Wade and Chris Balls. Um, But I have to just say that Pat Riley, who is one of the owners, is one of the most gangsters guys in the world. So for you guys that don't know, um, Eric Spolster has actually got a eight year extension, right? An eight year extension to coach to the Miami Heat. And for you guys that's basically said like, okay, that's not a big thing. It is a big thing because you know why uh, Pat Riley is such gangster? He waited until this guy Eric Spolster divorce was finalized before he gave him the money. <laughs> City boys, we up 200. <laughs> City boys, we up 200. <laughs> so let me give the quick, let me give some quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. City boys, we up. Eddie and Miami, so they're the real City boys. Listen, I can't. I have to agree that this is, I think the City boys can take a win for this one. Um, yes, even though yes. I am, I am going to, I am going to defend the wife in this case, but I do appreciate the fact that Miami Heat is so gangster that they decided to give him this contract after finalizing his divorce. So Absolutely. listen, this is, um, on top of that, on top of that kind of being like, you know, the headliner, you guys, Miami yes. Heat. Uh, gave this agreed to give the head coach an eight-year, hundred and twenty million dollar extension to remain yeah. in Miami, which is one of the largest coaching contracts in NBA history. So this is like a big deal outside of the fact that they did it after his divorce. Him last year, they was going to do it last year, but they didn't. Well, and he, and you know what I you know why I think that's great because. It, obviously everybody has good lawyers. If I'm Eric, er, coach Eric's, and I can't say his last name, but if I'm Eric Spolcha's lawyer, I'm going to negotiate, hey, let's push back this signing until after my client finalizes his divorce. And here's why, Here's why this shouldn't be a big deal. This should actually be the norm. When you file for divorce, I feel like once you sign that you are in negotiations to separate, nobody should have the authority. Your former partner, your ex, should no longer have the authority to sign on to any additional assets that come. I wish wish the U.S. was like that, but they're not. They're not. Not and, 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 but here's the thing. Let me just finish with this point. It's important to negotiate terms for your future. Why should Eric Sposha have to incorporate this new income, this eight-year contract extension, when he's no longer in relationship with his wife? Like it, it wouldn't. It, it, it actually isn't fair to him that he would even have to consider that new money coming. And um, when it comes to the, I mean, it has nothing to do with her. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's so, a bias. And it goes back to our old, it goes back to the conversation we had before. 
what men will put on this earth, we are prioritized to take care of women, no matter what the case is. Now, let me touch on this part. The problem is, is that, and this is what makes Pat Riley so, so, so gangster, right? Or makes him so fair. You're only as good as your last game in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So while he could have got this contract last year, what happens in the NBA, NFL, and also the major uh, major league best baseball is that you can be a great coach. So today, for everybody who don't know, Bill Belichick was fired. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what they did respectfully, they used the terminology of they parting ways. But all that means is that he was fired. He won six six Super Bowls for one team. No other right. coach done anything like that in this modern era that's still coaching. So he should have had a job forever. However, he you're only as good as your last game. So when you decide to have or your players decide to stink it up and you have a bad season, what happens, Lucy, is that all of a sudden this big contract that we're going to give you is no longer there. Right. And through the divorces and everything that happens in, in men life, no one cares about men. OK, we don't get the same. Um, we, we we don't we don't get the same luxuries as women. So when things happen with men, it's like suck it up and get through it, right? But when the heat wasn't doing too well last year, and sometimes this year, at any given time, a coach can be fired. Today, and this is just crazy that we're talking about this, but today was out of control in the NFL. There was about six coaches that were just fired, okay, including Seattle's coach. So I know you don't follow uh, sports as closely, but your guy for the Seattle Seahawks that we love so much, he got fired today. Ooh. You know, your coach for the for for the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. The, the young yeah, he, was, he was fired today, along with many other coaches. Um, and it happens on a regular basis. Coaches that do well, coaches are consistent. The Redskins yeah. coach. Fire. It's so many coaches were fired. So for Pep Riley to have gotten this contract going through, so that's kind of like a scapegoat for owners. They're like, okay, you're going through a divorce. This is a good time for us to kind of come in and just, you know. Sorry, Carroll. Yeah, Pete Carroll. Exactly. I'm sorry. I couldn't even think of his name at the time. But Pete Carroll. Oh, I did not hear about. I mean, listen, the, the Seahawks are thinking it up though. They've been stinking it up. Uh, Amari's tapping in. He's saying they saying he will still be a part of the organization. But yeah, he's out. And here's the thing. It doesn't you after you fire me. How can I really be a part of the organization? That's like saying, like, yeah, we're going to move you around. Like, it doesn't mean? mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's you're, you're like a nice way. What? It's a nice way to soften the blow. Damn. It is a girl. nice way to soften the blow. But to give this guy 120 million is just such a great thing. I'm so happy for Eric Spocher. Um, and I just want to shout out LeBron. And I know you guys saying, what does LeBron have to do, do with this, right? So LeBron, if you guys don't know, is one of the most productive players in NBA history. But what everybody don't understand is that LeBron has never played for a veteran coach ever. Every coach that LeBron has played for has been a rookie coach. Hmm. And when he came over to Miami back in, and I'm sorry, Amari Mike can help me with this. I want to say 08. He came into the league in 02. I want to say it was 08. But when he came into the league and played four years for Miami, Eric Sposa was a rookie. So LeBron has been a coach. He's been a player. He's been perfect. And, you know, Due to LeBron doing well, Eric Spoelstra is still doing his thing. So, big shout out to you, big bro. You got that 120 city boys. We up 120 million. Your wife ain't getting none of that money. Do not. And I'm telling you this. Um. So hold on. What's his name? What is uh oh uh, Eric uh, Spoelstra, Miss Mrs. Spoelstra, and take that name away because you're no longer you, you don't that name does not belong to you. Do not call my man because you got a good settlement. You're not getting none of this 120. None of it. None of well, it. You know, can I just speak on that before we move forward? I think it's kind of corny that people even think that she fumbled the bag. They have three. First of all, she was a former Miami Heat cheerleader. So it's already oh. an. Oh. 
Thank you. Oh, any girls up to watch your head? Thank you. So this is why love is crazy. There is no love anymore. I'm tired of this. Marriage is a contract. No, marriage is a contract. People, this is a business. Marriage is a business. I want a prenup. I want a prenup. <laughs> These can you believe that this girl, this cheerleader, and so so I always when I'm on air, right? And I understand clapback is a Emmy Award show. So I mean, you guys really, 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 really are predicated all over the US. So I really have to watch what I say and how I say things, right? And I'm just telling the audience this because are you telling yourself that? <laughs> no, I'm telling the audience this because I have to be sensitive and to equality and all those things, even though I'm joking a lot, right? In in the more serious aspect. But I, I'm saying that because as I don't want to belittle cheerleaders. My daughter is a cheerleader, so I don't want to say, oh, she's not good enough for a coach. But what I am saying is that when when women come into a relationship with a millionaire, he was already a millionaire, and you leave with a little bit, just leave with a little bit. You got with a young coach, you're still young, your eggs still good, they still cooking. Take your little five mil and roll out, baby. My man got 120. City boys up. <laughs> well, let me just say, I think it's interesting that people think that she fumbled the bag because I do feel like this, I feel like she doesn't have any right to this 120 million. I also think that they were married for seven years. She started off as a former cheerleader and being in this relationship, she when it, it sucks because it, the, the other bias is this. She's she was married to a powerful and wealthy man in who my, in had Miami. a lot of time in Miami. Right. And so if if he's if uh your boy Kevin Samuels, what does he call him? Uh, um a uh, 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 men of value. <laughs> because, because, because guess what, guys? I am a man of value. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm done with this story. Listen, City says we just gonna keep it. We just gonna keep it messy. No, City I want to change my name. Do not call me Rodney anymore. Call me Mr. <laughs> man of value. Hi, oh yeah. Thank you, Veronica Norman, sis. High value. Thank you. <laughs> You're listen, City Girls is still up because they got three kids. So it's giving my lifestyle is still gonna be taken care of with that 120 million. So thanks. Thank you. And see, oh my but we can talk about this. No, 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 we're done. Isn't that crazy? So look, even with the divorce, right? She got her money already. She's still getting money for the kids and she can still go back to court and say that his income changed and get more money. Thank you. So I'm not tripping. Girls up <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. And this is why in the last thing that we talked about, right? In the, in, in the last episode, <laughs> oh, oh, no, in the last thing we talked about, we talked about the difference between men and women that's the difference. That's the difference right there. Unless you are Murray J. Bly's husband, because he's unless you're Stevie J. Unless you're Stevie J. Steve, listen, tell me, y'all. The last thing I'm gonna say. Do everybody know that Stevie J. got with Faith Evans, tricked her out of her bag? Do y'all know that Stevie J. get forty thousand dollars a month and don't got no kids with Faith? DVJ is getting forty thousand dollars a month. City Girls. <laughs> okay, I found this on the web. For what is that? Check it out. Oh. <laughs> Bro, these yeah. guys crazy, man. Listen, okay, let, let's let's move over into our clapback because we only got a couple more minutes left, and I want you to talk about this. Um, so. NBA Youngboy is facing some backlash. NBA Youngboy is a 25, 24, 25-year-old um, rap artist. Yeah. He has 11 kids. 
Mm. A handful of baby mothers. I don't know how. Uh, he's 24. He has a yeah, handful. That's, of, the, that's the woman in you, though. That's the woman in you protecting males. We're not going to sit here and say a, a handful. We're going to say that he has 11. He, we're going to say he has 11 kids with eight baby mothers. We're going to say that. Oh, he does. It's eight. Oh, I just didn't know the exact number. He has 11 kids and eight baby mothers. This, this is a handful. Handful is five. He's got two <laughs> handfuls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, slanging. He's slanging. He recently was on a podcast um, where he was talking about fatherhood and people had a lot to say about this. I'm going to run a bit, a piece of this clip and we're going to come back and talk about it. For you, man, talk about fatherhood and how, uh, you know, obviously you do have a lot of children and, and, uh, you know, I've been around you to see in a short amount of time that you're a great father. How important is fatherhood to you, man? Not really big on it, to be honest. What do you mean by that? You're not big on it. Yeah. Like you're, in a, you're. I mean, you're a family man. I'm here with you. I see it. Yeah, but I'm only out. I'm only like in here because you. Oh well, I don't believe see, it's you. a crazy topic because I'm not the type like the sugarcoat nigga. But I'm four walls all day, every day. When you say four walls, you mean locked in? Yeah. Just honed in on the music, mm-hmm. recording. Yeah. You can take the hat. I don't mind. We bond. We bond a lot, but we're mostly literally inside working. No. No matter when watching TV, I'm just sitting there all day. I'm stuck inside just one room. I don't really travel this house like that. So even in your own home, you'll be stuck in one room. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, if he wants the hat, he can take the hat. Let him take the hat. Ooh, baby. City, are city boys giving up or down right here? Like, let's have a serious conversation about fatherhood, about black fatherhood, and what this young man can actually be going through. Because for you to be 24 years old, have 11 kids by eight different women, and to say that you're not really that big on fatherhood, I'm not even going to condemn NBA young boy. I'm going to say he absolutely has no clue what he's doing with himself. And if you look at um, the interview and what bootleg Kev was kind of, he was trying to like give him an escape out of this. Um, but he didn't take that route. Like he really was serious about the fact that if I wasn't on house arrest and on home confinement right now, I would not be sitting here with my kid. Like it's not given that. And it's sad because you got this beautiful little boy interested to have this relationship and bond with his father. And he's telling us, he's telling the world that he is disconnected. Um, and it's, it's sad. And uh, you know, it's listen, a legend in Tarot Gaming said he's detached from society. And that's yeah. probably one of the reasons why he's slightly embracing the yeah. kids. I'm glad you put that up from the bro, um, Big Well. Big Well, what's up, bro? Um, yeah, it's sad. That's <laughs> what my sister said. So I will digress and we will get serious about this topic while we're having so much fun, right? So for one, when a person shows you who they are, what? Believe them. Believe them. Okay. So NBA young boy is telling you guys exactly how he feel about fatherhood. And we can make an excuse and say, well, he's young and he doesn't understand what's going on. But we have a very smart, intellectual young brother here that understands what he wants and what he doesn't want. Um, and you know, being around kids is just something that he doesn't want. <laughs> Now, we could talk about what happened in his childhood, what's going on. But I got to go back to my bro's um, comment where he says he's detached from society because he is. Everything about young NBA young boy, we see his latest interviews. We see how he talks. Um, isolation is not good for NBA young boy. And we are seeing him unravel under being isolated in house arrest, being mm-hmm. So I cannot tell you why he's in Utah. He has been in Utah this whole time. 
I understand he has a house there. May I, I don't know. Maybe he caught his charge there, and that's why he's there. But no, he, he, I think he caught his charge in New York. Well, maybe he has another pending charge, but I thought he got a charge in New York, that gun charge. I, I think it has to be Utah because these artists have houses all over the place. Mm -hmm. So at, at any given time, why wasn't he back in New Orleans where he's from, right? Um, I looked at the interview uh, with him on um, Million Dollars Worth of Game, and he spoke intellectually like he always speaks. I feel like he has a a different kind of relationship with Mayweather's daughter. Um, I can't think of her name. Actually, it's Yaya. Yaya. Um, yeah, so for some reason, I'm not sure if it's because of Mayweather or the wealth, but he has a different kind of relationship with Yaya's um, son that he has with her. Um, mm -hmm. And that little boy is so special. He's already boxing. His hands are so little when he's boxing with Mayweather. But um, NBA young boy needs some counseling. He needs some support. He has been through so much trauma. So the first thing that we've seen about NBA young boy was what the big dent in his head, right? Mm -hmm. If you ever seen NBA young boy before he first came out, everybody was like, "What's this big old this big old dent in his forehead?" And that comes from a lot of trauma. What happened with his mom being neglectful and things of that nature. He's just been through a lot, man. Yeah, but yeah. actually, I just think that is different, right? So we're living in this this new day and age in 2024, and I and everybody have to forgive me because I still say 2023 to everything, right? I cannot believe we're in 2024, but in this year, everything is raw, everything is unfiltered, everything is unwarranted. So to hear someone come out and say, "Hey, I'm a celebrity. I'm worth millions of dollars. I have millions of dollars in liquid, but I'm choosing." not to be a dad, even though in this interview, I have my son with me. So you have a lot of people like, oh my God, is he going to harm the child? Is he neglectful? What is it? But at the end of the day, NBA young boy has a lot of love. Um, a lot of love comes from him. But the problem with NBA young boy is that because he's young, because he's aggressive, because he has money, he doesn't have anyone in his life to smack the hell out of him. And what do I mean by that? Every man needs a mentor. Every man needs someone that they revere. If you don't put someone in front of us that, that we revere, then we'll be out of control. Every man has this storm, right, that we have, and we can just blow up at every any time. NBA young boy needs a strong presence around him to say, hey, look, man, what you're yeah, he, he needs a father. He needs a role model. And that's not something that he's had. Because if he did, that person would be able to pull that love out of him and say, hey, look, it's okay to be gangster. It's okay to be thorough. It's okay to be overly masculine. Because to be overly masculine, that's what it means to be gangster or thorough for a man. It's just mm -hmm. someone being overly masculine, okay? So for him to be overly masculine... Uh, someone needs to come into his life, hug him and say, man, it's cool. But in order to be a real man, in order to be thorough, in order to be someone that's revered, you got to be a father. There's nothing bigger for a man than stepping up and taking care of your children. Things don't always work out with the moms. But for us, there's no excuse for us to stand in that gap and take care of those kids that didn't ask to be here. Well put. Um, I think the only thing I want to add to this conversation is, uh, you know, D. Robinson put up, you know, what do we say about sex with the eight females who had unprotected? So I think what they're what they're trying to get across is what do we say about the baby mothers in this case? And I would yummy. say this. I would say this. <laughs> when people when, when people show you who they are, believe them. NBA young boy is telling you right now, unfiltered, that he's not big on fatherhood. Now, this could change down the line. But what this means is young women who idolize this young man for being rich and famous is that you need to not have any more kids with this guy. He does yeah. not want to be a father. He's not interested in fatherhood. It's not a priority to him. And it would be in your best interest 
to not procreate with this individual. He's telling you, I don't want to have any more kids. The the second thing I would add to you is, is clearly he's been through a lot of trauma, which is why I'm not going to condemn him. His music is aggressive and violent. He is aggressive and violent. His relationships with the baby mothers, his relationship with his kids is contingent on his relationship with their mother and how tumultuous that relationship can or cannot be. So the child that's in his presence right now just means that he's in good with the he's cool with the mother right now. And I can't imagine the things that these young women are having to unpack with NBA to even get to the next level. You made such a great point that there has to be some mentorship. Every person, every young person, and and even just older adults, we all deserve to have a mentor. We all deserve to have somebody in our life to help guide us, especially if we don't have that role model in our parents, right? It, it can be an aunt, it can be an uncle, it can be a colleague, it can be a teacher in some cases, right? And so what I'm saying is people do deserve to have somebody in their life to lead them and also to correct them. And I think that unfortunately for a young boy, he doesn't have anybody in his life to say, hey, look, it's cool to be a dad. This is how you can you can you can love your kids and uplift them and be a part of them and grow with them and be connected with them and still be thug. You can still have all of these things. And I think he's not big on fatherhood, not because he doesn't want to be, but because he just doesn't know how to. And so we can't expect him to know how to be a father. We can't expect him to be big on fatherhood if he doesn't have a father, if he doesn't know how to be a father. There's no one. And there's no one in his life correcting his behavior except for this judge. He come from a single parent household. Nobody that he's been around, his mom, no one has seen it. And the problem with young black males with money, when you come from a generation of individuals or family members who don't have money, everyone coddles that person. So everyone Mm -hmm. around a young boy is coddling him. No one is saying, hey, man, get your stuff together. This is, they're not yeah. doing that. Everyone yeah. is basically protecting the money and doing everything they can to get a couple of dollars. So it is they're, protecting their, they're protecting themselves in the relationship with him because they don't yeah. want to be cut off. There was an article put out. Well, hold on. Let me just say, let this be your final thought because we're already at the top of the hour. We'll see it. Yep. So there was an article put out today when NBA young boy is close with one of his baby mothers. And he spoke to her a lot and, and got mentorship from her while he was in prison. As a result, he gave her a million dollars because of how much he was able to reconnect with her. And she ran off. She blocked him, ran off with the million dollars. He is a he is a vulnerable puppy, an abused puppy. And he is in the state where he's scared. The NBA young boy is a thug. He's aggressive because he's scared. I want somebody to get out there, hug this young brother, show him what's really going on, and, and really like bring him to the light because he's a powerful figure. And that's my final wow. thought. We'll be over time. That's so sad to hear that because she just continues to add to the people that abandoned him in, in life. And I think we see a lot of this in um, Blueface and the relationships that have played out on social media with him and Krishan and all of that. And, and, his and, and his mother and acting out and having these behaviors is because a, when you are rich and famous and you are the provider and sometimes even the sole provider, people latch on to you and, and take advantage of you in a lot of ways. And when they abandon you, you feel it makes you harder and makes you colder. And I think the younger you are with NBA Youngboy being 24, the younger you are coming into the success, it just makes it even that much more difficult to unravel and unpack. And again, the ba- you know, the mothers to his children are just as young and just as inexperienced. And so par for the course, man. All right, y'all. Well, listen, that's our show tonight. Such a great show. I don't know who who kept the talent in the city. 
City Girls. We're going to have to tally it up at the end of the night. And- you know, at the end of the day, City Girls are always up because they always get us on the back end. No matter what it, no matter what we do, they get us on the back end, man. So, look, guys, when, when I'm not on Clapback, you guys can find me at Rado007, R-O-D-D-O-E, 007, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and my favorite, Gmail. <laughs> All right, y'all. And I'm Jules Jesse. I'm your host, of course. Pull up and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J U L E S. That's Treasure of Jules. Again, t- t- oh, I'm also on TikTok too. I got a little thing on TikTok too. TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Still don't have the Facebook together, you guys, but you guys already know what to do. Pull up, follow me. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. Until then, that's been our show. Keep it. Bye-bye. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.